Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's yet another day in the weird and not-so-wonderful world of Westminster this morning as Prime Minister Theresa May emerges from number 10 Downing Street looking battered and bruised and ready for another meaningless debate in the House of Commons later on. Things are now going so badly for the government that the few loyal cabinet ministers left are now urging a postponement of the Brexit vote next Tuesday. But it appears there needs to be a vote first on whether to postpone the next vote and then possibly another vote on whether to ratify the first vote. Are we going on full-on yes, Prime Minister here, and if this farcical cabaret goes on any longer, should we not just lock the doors from the outside and never let any of them out ever again until they come up with a proper solution? Surely the European Union must be lapping this up with a very large ladle. And of course, they've just announced as well that a ruling on whether the UK can unilaterally revoke Article 50 to leave the EU will be issued on Monday. Hang on a second, I thought they already said they could do that yesterday. 0344 499 1000. As we've been doing all week, we will let you know what will happen next. Coming up first, though, we're addressing the very worrying news this morning that our personal information, our private data, and almost everything we do online is being scrutinised, sold on, and analysed by literally thousands of pairs of eyes and hundreds of multinational companies. Health details, children's voice recordings, and even passport information is all being harvested. And it's so bad at Facebook that their founder, Mark Zuckerberg, might even be forced out of the company. And worse than all of that, this is all being sold on without any of us getting any money. 0344 499 1000. Coming up a little bit later on, we're talking to the real Santa and we'll be inviting some sponsors to get their names on a few roads as well. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, there's a very big headline on the front page of the Daily Mail this morning saying, is nothing private anymore? Well, like all of the answers to every question ever posed by the Daily Mail, the answer is, of course, no. Everything is not private anymore. So uh, the answer is you have to be aware of the fact that nothing is private. What I'd like to do, though, is find out why it is that these companies that mine our data, that take all of our information and do things with it and sell it on, are not somehow paying us for the privilege of doing so. Surely that would make more sense. 0344 499 1000. Apologies to anyone uh, who can't listen to us this morning on the O2 network, uh, which seems to have blown up entirely. Uh, If you're on O2 and your data is uh, not working, it's because O2 have got a massive problem. Let's talk now to Scott McGreedy, who's a tech expert, and find out what is going on, why it's going on, where all this information is going, and whether we can do anything about it. Scott, a very good morning to you. 
Very good morning. So, I mean, basically all of our children's voice recognition um, material is, is being harvested. Everything that you ever say to Alexa, everything that you even say when Alexa is on that you didn't mean to say to Alexa uh, is being used against us in some way. Uh, people are, are, are sort of trawling through your your grocery shopping bills, your, uh, your activity on PayPal, your activity uh, at Marriott Hotels, on Facebook, on Google. You know, I mean, it doesn't end really this, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, and it's, it comes as no surprise. <laughs> Every single time I, I hear um, in the headlines or the news or, you know, there's a, oh, this company is going to sell on our data. Well, mm. that's, you know, it's a free product. Um, I know it sounds cliched and I know it's, it's always brought up when it's referring to Facebook and Google. But, you know, if you're not paying for something, then you are probably the product. Um, and, and in this case, you absolutely are. And you can look at it in two, two angles, you know, the privacy angle and, wow, that's a bit creepy. We don't want that. But in the same token, Facebook are a business and they need to think about, um, you know, how to uh, target more ads towards people and make them more relevant. Uh, on, the, on the surface, that looks fine, but then you look into, okay, they're, they're recording voice chats, they're recording this, they're recording that. That's a bit weird. Yeah. But it's all laid out in the terms and conditions that we agree to. Yeah, you say that. You say that, Scott. But uh, Damien Collins, who's the chairman of the Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee, does not agree because he's basically issued all of this information to the public in which he has said, more or less categorically, that Facebook is breaching their own rules in this situation. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that I disagree with the the, the digital media secretary or uh, culture secretary. Mm. Um, No, Facebook have a set of rules and yes okay they might bend them every so often and I'm not a fan of that like let's be clear about that I'm not on Facebook's side here um but yeah we do sign up for a lot of products and give out our data without realizing I came from a pharmaceutical background so informed consent should make I feel should make up a massive part of the digital world when you sign up for a product when you buy an IoT teddy bear around Christmas these these toys these IoT toys seem to explode um, in popularity and my biggest fear is we're putting them into kids houses because they want a cute teddy bear without realizing that every every action every every interaction with that teddy bear is recorded stored monitored analyzed even just digitally yeah. to try and make the product but you see, this is where i would have i would take issue with your argument scott because you say for example and probably quite rightly if you're not paying something out then you are probably the product right so if you are on facebook mm-hmm. which is free you are the product if you're on google which is free you are the product however uh, if you are on tesco's uh, online shopping site and you are buying mm-hmm. things right and then you are not the product you are buying their products and similarly if you buy one of these bears despite the fact that it may be an electronic gizmo it is still something that you have bought so it's a different argument for you to then say that they can then harvest all the material and all the information just as well as if it was free that's a, no that's a fair point um because people we, we seem to we seem to be you know when i'm in the comfort mode home i kind of want to be left alone especially yeah. paying for the product right but when you know when i go into the store i expect this it, the same thing happens in store you know when you walk around you know there's wi-fi monitoring hotspots maybe you connect wi-fi in the store they can tell exactly where you are in the store how long you stared at that can of beans how many times you went back to pick it up and then put it back there's all you know, they keep moving the store around it's one of my biggest frustrations yes. ever when i go into the supermarket yeah this stuff has been happening for years it's just the more we're, we're pivoting that to a digital market and we can do so much more because we don't have physical limitations right. so you're you're right and i totally agree but in the same context it's, there's there is another 
thought process. Sure, no, I get that. But should they not then, if they are doing all of this stuff, which you say we should expect them to be doing, shouldn't they have a, a bloody great sign as you walk into every supermarket which says, please be aware that when you're entering this store, you are giving us freedom to analyse everything that you do, plus uh, to follow you digitally around if you decide to <laughs> hook up to any kind of artificial uh, internet device while you are in here. You know, all of that, a proper, you know, a proper sort of rules of engagement situation because you and I both know that the vast majority of people in this country did not expect everything like this to be going on. No, no, that's, yeah. So from one side of the argument, I go, well, I'm not surprised. You know, the terms and conditions are, are massive, but they, they outline categorically exactly what's going to happen and what could happen. Yeah. But then in the flip side, it's, well, it takes us about a year to scroll through the entire list of we will do this, we will do this, we will do this, yeah. we can do this. That's not good enough for the average consumer. Mm. We need to have a nice, big, easy to read colour code, yeah. almost like an energy efficiency label, sure. saying, you know, how bad are we going to, you know, how bad are we going to misuse your data, or yeah. you know, what what sort of level are we going to do? You you mentioned obviously, like, you know, can we not sell our data to these companies? And yeah. there are people out there that do that. I'm not much of a fan of that. I think it's a bit short-sighted. Um, you know, you're going to. Why should everybody else before. be making money out of my data apart from me? Because you'll be earning very little, and I don't trust most of the ones that are out there at the moment. Um, and they could ask for more and more and more, and it's, it creates a precedent of, you know, give us a piece of personal information, and we will pay you ten pounds. No, no. Listen, I'm not. I'm not talking about the possibility of what is out there now. I'm talking about the 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 very unlikely possibility or probability <laughs> that in the future, you know, the stuff that is being harvested for free by these companies uh, will actually they will they will have to almost pay us a royalty in order to do so. Because what I'm thinking is, as long as there's something out there for free, uh, then somebody nobody else is going to pay for it, right? So that's why I can't sell my data. But if it was if it costs people money, uh, they well they mm-hmm. would have to pay me, you know, a pound per gigabyte or whatever. It is that they're using you know we might all get rich on it it's an interesting concept there was another concept as well that was i'm just going to dump every single piece of information about myself online yeah i'm um, from you know for eternity for free so that no one if my data leaks and no one can misuse it mm. it's a nice idea but i think i think we need to have a serious chat about the actual underlying problem which is we don't realize what we're signing up to no. you know google sure. facebook you know and umpteen other companies we keep putting these technologies into our houses but we don't ask what's it doing how's it doing this and if you ask can you turn off your alexa if i come around to see you yeah that that usually raises an eyebrow we need to change perceptions a little bit no indeed and you'd have to agree surely uh, scott and i take all of your points and i don't you know and i'm not mm-hmm. trying to be some kind of luddite here and say this is an outrage because <laughs> i'm not saying that what i'm saying is is that we should get more out of it but it can't be right for example that asda are giving away expectant mother's due dates right and children's birth birthdays, sharing them with third parties for business purposes. I mean, that cannot be right. Absolutely not. I am 100% on board with uh, on board with you on that is not right. I have a major issue. The other day yeah. I was I was um, ID'd for energy juice. Right. <laughs> Don't ask. Well, I mean, um, you know, so I whenever, I get, whenever I get ID'd, I just shake him by the hand and say, well, I know you've got to do it. You can't be possibly basing that on what you're seeing. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. What I don't like is um, them typing my date of birth into the till right. to verify the staff member's done their job. That's a piece of data they, they now collect. And when you ask, where is that stored? Yeah. Oh, it's just a calculator. Can you not work it out? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we, well, that's we that's the underhanded nature, though. That's the underhanded nature. It's like when you you go into a shop and they say, "Would you like us to email your um your receipt to you?" And I always say, yeah. "No, I don't want you to email my receipt to me. You give it to me now. I'm not giving you my email address. Why should I?" 
You know, unless you, wanna, unless you want to, unless you want to, I've actually said to a couple, of, I've actually said to a couple of them, I'd be more than happy to give you my email address if you'd like to give me five pounds. <laughs> Do you know what? That's probably a good idea. Staff need more training, and we need to get the businesses to understand that the staff will be asked these questions by people like myself and yourself, and they need they need to understand the implications. You know, turning around to someone and saying, "Can we email you your receipt?" You may get you know signed up for. They might not call it spam, but you may get signed up for spam. You may get signed up for marketing. And in the eventuality that we are breached, this they'll be able to see what you bought here, when you bought it, where you were, what you were doing. Yeah. They need to kind of give that informed consent. Look, this is you know this is a risk, but here's the benefits. They no, need indeed. To sell it that way. Exactly. And I mean, the other thing about Facebook at the moment is, as you say quite rightly, it's a free service, and we should have all worked out that you don't get anything in life for free, and therefore they were using us as the product. And I get that. Totally. But there are now people coming out, particularly former Facebook employees, saying, actually, there was a bit of a toxic and hostile atmosphere inside the company. Um, and, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is very much under pressure right now. And there's apparently a possibility that he may even step down as head of the company because he fears that he is now a sort of magnet for uh, regulators. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's tainted, somewhat tainted Facebook's um, perceptions, if you've noticed, over the last two years or so. It just seems to be scandal after scandal. Mm. We had the fake, uh, you know, we don't like fake friends adverts on TV and physically out in the street, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. Yeah. And asking you, you know, when you log in, asking you questions. But don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I have a Facebook account. I'm not a fan of it. I use it to contact friends and family that I've not seen in years. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I, so I'm in the same boat as everyone else. I'm not sitting here pretty. And even mm. if I didn't. I'm still somehow on Facebook due to its, you know, its, its dragnet data gathering, you know, uh, ability, and that's raised almost every week in right. the papers or on TV, and that's what Zuckerberg is trying to move away from because he sees that as it's not tagged to Facebook; it's actually tagged to him. Every time it comes up, it's Zuckerberg is collecting this, Zuckerberg yeah. is collecting that, right. rather than Facebook as a whole is doing this. But he is a very tall poppy, and there will be many people out there who would like to see him cut down a bit. And he's a bit of a dweeb, and he's incredibly wealthy. So, I mean, he ticks all the boxes for the person to go for, doesn't he? He does indeed. Um, but, I mean, let's not be let's not be kidded here. His data is in most of these these uh, things as well. I mean, he was in the Cambridge Analytica one, which I, I found rather amusing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you're that rich and that powerful, does it really matter? Well, I shouldn't no, think he's too worried. Still. He could just go and buy himself a planet and go and live on that or something. But, I mean, uh, just <laughs> while you're on uh, as well, Scott, with uh, regards to what's going sure, on today, sure. O2 investigating a higher priority uh, problem with its data services going down, tens of millions of users potentially affected. Do we know? yet what's caused it no idea um we were just speculating at the moment well I'm, I'm not involved in this in any way i'm just speculating from the outside but mm. um it's very interesting and it, it could be it could be a, a total glitch which makes people go well wait a minute what if, you know something were to happen um have we just highlighted like the nhs that this could potentially be a target um, from you know foreign actors we've, yeah. we've heard about russia china and other countries targeting other countries infrastructures you know that's caused a major impact today. I'm on O2. It's caused a major impact with me. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm still able to call, Wi-Fi calling, etc. But, you, you you know, I can't leave the house. No. So there's that interesting... I mean, it's a good, it's a good, I, I mean, Wi-Fi calling is a relatively new thing, which not everybody has, and it depends on the device I think you have as well. Um, but it's also yeah. a way of suggesting to people, I suppose, that it's not no, no bad thing to have more than one provider. Well, possibly. Um, I know a few people that have two, uh, two uh, a dual SIM 
phones. Yeah. And they, they use those when they're travelling and when they're up and down the country because where they stay in London it isn't as good signal with one company as yes. another company, so they use both. Um, and I think I think they're laughing today. Um, you know, I, th- I think they're definitely laughing because they've, they've chosen two totally separate networks. But the, the amount of impact this has caused, it kind of highlights the problem of, well, what went wrong? We need to find this out quickly. It's not good enough that it's taken this long to try and fix. And also, and historically, historically this year, whenever there's been these kinds of technical glitches, I'm thinking specifically of banks, TSB yeah. in particular, uh, it took them a very long time to fix it. It really, really damaged their business. And lots of people now no longer are customers of TSB because they made such a rick of it. But uh, our producer, Martha, is also on O2. She says she tried Ooh. to activate Wi-Fi calling but got a message saying she had to call O2, but she couldn't call them because the network's right. down. So, you know, what's she going to do? Yeah, I, that that is the irony here. Um, when something like this fails, we need better procedures to be able to cover it. And it's it's about time, though, that it's similar to the banks. It's about time that the, the mobile infrastructure was changed. Mm. It's about time that we had a look at that and said, look, this is outdated. It needs a revamp. It needs a remodel. We need to update it somehow. Um, let's do that. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen the next week an apology. And uh, we, must, we can do, you know, similar to the banks, yeah. pretty much the exact same wording. Sorry, we can do better. This is what we're doing. Our IT system's old, our, our network's old. This is what we're doing to cover that, to combat it. We're working with XYZ. There you go. You're going to get a new solution in 2022. Mm. That I, I can see that coming. Right. And just finally, Scott, I'll let you go because you've probably got lots of important calls to make uh, while your Wi-Fi is still working. Basically, if <laughs> we look at this data harvesting, and it's obviously worth so much money to these multinational companies, I mean, is there any room for a, for a business to start up and say, we will sell you stuff, but we will not harvest your data. Uh, we will not uh, in any way misuse the information that you give us. In fact, we won't share it at all. Uh, could that be the future for somebody? Possibly. There's already a few companies out there that are trying the privacy agnostic route. You know, the privacy, we, we're not going to save things. DuckDuckGo is a good example, you know, the search engine. Right. But then there's, there is always a question of, are they really doing that? You know, we, there's, there's a, are they really doing that at their end? Should I not be doing more at my end? Should I not be using, you know, a, pri- a really private browser and, and browsing it through a VPN and mm. doing this and, and using fake email addresses or, you know, drop email addresses that only exist for a month or so? Um, but the problem is that to get total privacy and total anonymity, it's hard. You know, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of, um, we don't like a lot of work. We like convenience. The whole point of shopping online is to be convenient. Otherwise, right. you go in store. So, yeah, I think somewhere in the middle might be right. There might be a, a company out there saying, look, we'll, We'll sell your data. Uh, sorry, we'll sell your product, but we won't retain the data. And this is the data you retain. Yeah. But let's not be kidded. You can you can ask through GDPR any company what data they hold on you, and they will send you that. They have to know. Yeah, that'd so, be good. You, you can bring them up and say, "Look, I forgot what I was doing last Saturday. Could you tell me, please?" Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> send them a, an email and a letter and say, "What have you got on me? Yeah. Tell me everything." And they they should be legally bound to tell you stuff and that means in a year I think we should do that as an exercise and see what they come up with yeah you should do that to everybody yeah an an autoresponder in your email what data do you have on me 
click, you know? Yeah, no, it's a good idea. But trouble is, I've got a you know, life to live, Scott. But thank you very much indeed for your help. Scott McGreedy, the tech expert, uh, talking us through the craziness of how much data these people have got and how much money they're making flogging it. Uh, Robert has tweeted me to say that O2 is back on. Now, I don't know whether that's true for everybody. Uh, it may be true for you, Robert, but not everybody has it back on because we have people here in the office who do not have it back on. Uh, but if you are uh, working with O2, by all means, tweet us. Uh, you can tweet us at Talk Radio, at IROMG. Call us, of course, as well, 0344-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Communication let me down and I'm left here. Communication let me down and I'm left here. I'm left here. It's nothing private anymore is the headline on the front page of the Daily Mail. Well, the question is, uh, is nothing private anymore? Of course it's not. No, nothing is private anymore. But what I want to do uh, is get some money out of it. If they're hacking into my uh, data and selling it on to somebody else, I think I should get some money. Let's, think, let's find out what Susan thinks next. Hello, Susan. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. I, to- I totally agree with you. There's far too much information being sp- splayed around mm, and, exactly. and, and poached. You know, I don't have a Facebook. I don't do emails uh, very rarely. I don't like these damn things. They're, they're have you got a mobile phone, could... though, Susan? Yes. Well, so they're, so they're, tracking, they're tracking everything you do on that. Yeah, but I, I don't do anything illicit or pornographic or, or, I'm or not illegal. Suggest, I'm not suggesting that, but nevertheless, yeah. they know who you're calling. They know who you're talking to. Yeah. They know who you're sending yeah. messages to, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's if it's all above board, you don't have to worry, do you? Well, no, you do. Not... Why why would you want them to know precisely what you're saying to everybody? Well, you can't stop it, and you just have to be careful what you say, and you don't discuss bank details and stuff. That's very That's true. That's all you've got to do. Well, all right, just, just keep just, them, just you know, keep, keep everything exactly. still. Exactly. Mm. But the other thing is, you see, even if you write up, if if you enter a competition in a newspaper, it always says send off to so and so. Date of birth required. Yes. Why the hell do you want to know that? Well, in the newspaper business, when I was in it, you needed to know people's yeah. date of birth so that you didn't, mm. uh, so that the person who mm. won was not mm. underage, because you can't that's give a right. minor a prize, that's especially right. money. That, yeah, that's fine. I'm totally agree You're in okay with, that. with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But um, things like dividend cards and that you get, you know, if you go to Tesco or the co-op, yeah. they give you a dividend card that points you, right, they want your date of birth. Mm. Well, you've got to be 
careful. You can give a false date of birth and a false name. Well, you but could you do have that. To be kept, but you, I, I did it with the co-op. I had did sixteen you? quid on. Yeah, I had sixteen quid on my dividend card. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it went missing. Oh, you did. So I said to the lovely young lady in the co-op, "Oh, I've lost my card." <clears throat> and she said, "Well, it's all right. Just phone this number." Mm. And you'll get another one. They'll send you one. So I phoned the number and the lady said, uh, what's your name, date of birth? And I started to cry because I realised that I'd given a pseudonym and a, and a false date of birth. See, I could remember the false date of birth. This is what happens, I, though. I, I, this is what happens. I, if I'd have written it down on a piece of paper, Michael, I'd have been all right. Now 16 no. quid's gone down the no, tube. No, because this is because you launched this web of deceit against the co-op. But if you hadn't done that... You'd be fine. You'd only, have... I was only, I was only fiddling my name no. and, and the date of birth. No, once you start lying, uh, Susan, it never ends. Uh, well, it never ends. No, no, it was. I was only lying about that. No, you shouldn't I, do I, that. You shouldn't do well, it. I, did, she, I, I didn't. I told the young lady I only did it because I don't want to be pestered with emails yeah, well, and stuff like that. You have no protection now, Susan. That's the problem. But also, be very careful about these uh, these companies mm. because they're harvesting everything. So when you buy your oh, tins of ambrosia creamed oh, rice. They're keeping know, a track they know of that. Everything. Yeah, I know. It's awful, well, isn't it? Yeah, but and one flick of the switch, um, your date of birth and name could go somewhere, couldn't it? Yeah. And they could. I mean, passports now online. They're saying, go online, go online. You'll yeah. save nineteen pounds. Somebody will be impersonating but, your fake ID yeah, now. Do, but do you think that um, theft, identity theft, is is a real problem here? Of course it think? is. It is because it damages your credit rating. It makes it impossible for you to get any credit because as soon as anybody in a credit card company sees that you've had your data stolen, they don't want to help you. They don't. They, they mark really? you down. They do, it's true, really? yeah. I'll tell you a story about it, but we can't do it now because we're out of time, sadly, Susan. But very nice to hear from you. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344-499-1000 is the number to call us on. Coming up in the next hour, uh, we're going to be talking about Theresa May's latest Brexit fiasco. Uh, it turns out now she's being encouraged by the only loyal members of her cabinet left uh, that actually what should happen uh, is that she should just forget about the vote on Tuesday and just cancel it. Just don't have it because if you're going to lose it by over 100 votes, which is what looks likely, then for heaven's sake, uh, save yourself the humiliation and just don't do it at all. I mean, hardly democratic, is it? But guess what? They have to have a vote uh, on whether to cancel the vote uh, and then another vote on whether to ratify the vote which cancels the vote. Now, does that sound like an episode of Yes, Prime Minister, to you? certainly does to me. Let's talk to Mark Dolan, though, because uh, we might as well put him in charge of the government. I'm sure he'd make a better job of it than Theresa May. Mark, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Now, listen, uh, you might think that we are living in strange times, and uh, you may indeed believe that we are uh, sort of headless, like a headless chicken in terms of our government. But when you see the NHS actually giving out guidance to people on how to cook a piece of toast or even how to toast a piece of bread, for want of a better phrase, uh, you realise that things are not as they should be. Well, it's it's horrific. And, you know, Theresa May <laughs> has trumpeted the extra cash that she's been putting into the NHS, which, uh, until I read this story, was, was welcome. But I'm thinking, if that's what we're going to spend our money on, which is absurd posters teaching someone to toast... Are you on yeah, O2 or something, that's... Mark? Why are you are you uh, are you having a bit of trouble? Yeah, your phone your phone keeps cutting out. Hopefully you're you're not on O2, are you? No, I'm I'm I'm. Well, you keep cutting out. Dear oh dear. One second, I have a very simple solution to this. Yeah, go on. What's your simple solution? Get out. Get outside. He's gone. 
For God's sake, Mark. Yeah, Mark, here's the story, right? Uh, hospital bosses in a place called University Hospital Southampton have been telling, have been told that they must place the required bread in slots and they've been told that they must not, under any circumstances, attempt to make a piece of toast uh, if they have not had proper training uh, in order to do so. I mean, these are the kind of things that just make you feel absolutely ashamed to be British, aren't they? Ensure you wash your hands and wear a hairnet. Collate all equipment required for use as per below. Place required bread into slots. Turn toaster dial to setting 2.5 and push lever down. I'm sorry to report that in one of the newspapers uh, repeating these particular uh, instructions, they've managed to spell setting wrong with one T. Uh, let's get Mark back. I think he's here. Mark? I've put a quid in the meter, Mike, and well I'm played. back online. Excellent man. Now, we've, you're happy, you'll be happy to know we've just reached uh, item number five uh, on uh, how to do the toast. Wait beside toaster until completion of full cycle. <laughs> I mean, who even yeah, knew, I mean, honestly, who knew that a toaster had a cycle? Yeah, well, and also there's an equipment list. I mean, we're talking about toast here. So what is the equipment? You need a toaster and some bread. Uh, you know, this poster costs money. Somebody has, you know, somebody's job is to like create the content of that poster. It's been printed, um, and the worst thing about it is it just perpetuates a culture in which we are not responsible for our own behaviour. Um, and our own contribution. Exactly. Uh, to, you exactly. Know, now, you'll, you'll be pleased to know that these instructions were, were drawn up by NHS senior risk advisor and Circo operations executive, Mr. William Stores. Now, it turns out, right, and this is where it becomes much more serious than just a, a stupid, jokey story. That's, this particular mm. firm won a £125 million catering contract with the Southampton Hospital last year. £125 million quid. Well, look, here's the thing. Um, it's because we're all seduced by this idea of training and courses. Yeah. And the problem, problem with that is that um, it allows people in the workplace to abdicate their responsibility because they haven't done the training. So it's, it's, it's a perfect excuse for uh, not, not doing your job fully and properly. I mean, we've heard stories of emergency workers not rescuing someone drowning in a lake because they haven't been on a course. Now, an emergency worker, it's their job just to dive in. I mean, obviously, I don't want anyone to, you know, risk their lives in, you know, when they're, when they're doing their work. And, of course, it's a risky business. But, you know, the bottom line is you just crack on and, you know, you understand that your job has certain parameters, but yeah. you do your best and you learn on the job. I mean, I think that's the problem with it. These courses cost money. I mean, it's, it's obviously a racket. It's a, it's a money-making exercise. Um, and, and in the end, the world is a dangerous place. If you're going to burn the toast, you know, these things are going to happen. And we ultimately have to get back to that situation where you walk down the street. If there's a wobbly paving stone yeah. and you fall over, then that's your problem. Yes. Watch where you're going. No, exactly right. Now, apparently, though, for the future uh, use of you toasting anything at all, uh, you need to get a hairnet because uh, it says you must have a hairnet in order to make toast. Um, I'm not even sure where you buy a hairnet, to be honest. No, that would be a, a challenge. Although, of course, that's the other thing. You haven't got the training or you haven't got the correct equipment, which yes. is another reason why somebody will... Um, will refuse to do mm. the job and I, I recently had um I, I got a flat tire and the recovery guy came and he, he used this uh, fantastic material to kind of fill fill the uh, the hole oh, yeah. the nail out he filled it up but then health and safety uh he wasn't allowed to use the pump in his van <laughs> because it's a different model of pump that you've not been trained to use but it's, it's an air pump i could have done it he's like no no i'm not insured for you yeah, to yeah. do it and, and so what's happened is I've got a flat tyre, but he's ticked the boss. He's repaired the tyre, right. but it's just 
you know, it's absent of any air. So that's the point. So now you have to take the tyre that he's repaired somewhere else in order to get a new tyre. I had had a problem like that Mm -hmm. once years ago. And I had my, my, the car that I had at the time only didn't even have a spare tyre. It only had that stuff, that foam, right? But the foam is only any good if you have a puncture on the, on the sort of the, the part of the tyre that goes on the road. If it's on the wall of the tyre, it's no good, right? So this guy turns up, he's a tyre repair specialist. He didn't have any tyres in his van. And I said, um, are you not supposed to? He said, well, we don't carry tyres because we never know which ones we're going to need. And I'm like, well, surely there can't be that many different sizes of tyre. Surely you just carry a few, don't you? I mean, and then if on the off chance we don't have the right one, then we can go. So instead, I had to sit in his van, drive to the nearest quick fit, buy a tyre and drive back. Yeah, and you're, you're lucky that he even allowed you to do that because you were taking responsibility and that would be getting in trouble with his superiors. And, I mean, look, there are lots of statistics, Mike. So mm. yesterday it came out that almost 8,000 people um, last year, unfortunately, it's a very sad story, but they were they, they were hit by a car. And mm. It wasn't all fatalities, but injuries ensued for 8,000 people because they weren't looking when they crossed the road. Yeah. Now, I just, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids, and I, literally I'm just a stuck record about stop, look, and listen, yeah. careful when you cross the road. And You know, but what's happened is people feel so safe in the world. They feel so safe walking down the street. They feel so safe um, uh, crossing the road because actually in the back of their mind, deep in their subconscious, they know they are not responsible. Mm. So yesterday I was on my motorbike and I almost hit somebody who had stepped out whilst looking at their phone. Right. Now the bottom line is that if God forbid I hit that person, and luckily I didn't, um, who's it going to look like in terms of fault? It's going to look like yeah. me, isn't it? I'm on a motorbike, poor pedestrian, have been struck. Mm. Um, but the bottom line is, you, you know, with the details of that, you know, that case, and clearly the person wasn't concentrating. But, you know, the law is on the side of anyone who doesn't take responsibility because I'd have a great trouble proving that it wasn't my fault sure. under those circumstances. But altogether, just the fact that people have a legal recourse. So I mentioned the wobbly paving stone. Now, of course, there are times when, you know, the streets could be in such bad shape that the council should be responsible. But ultimately, you know, now people feel like they don't have to take care mm. how and where they walk because they will be able to sue. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously much worse in America where you know, everything is just so litigious. But I feel we're getting that way. And I, I wonder whether in the independent republic of Mike Graham, which, mm. you know, I hope at some point you're going to take over Brexit, by the way. Because, well, I think um, it'll be I think you know, it'll definitely be Buggins turn at some point. I mean, I'm about to get a go, aren't I? Well, that's it. But one thing you could do is to start to curtail people's rights, mm. because if you had less uh, recourse to legal action because of something that was more or less your fault anyway, then you'll probably take more responsibility and you'll just take care of, of yourself and your life. Do you know what I mean? And if you've ever, if anyone has ever holidayed in countries where health and safety is just like non-existent, mm. like I don't know, Vietnam, for example, fantastic, wonderful country, brilliant people. But, I mean, God, it's an absolute death trap out there. Yes, you know, it people is. Riding, riding around well, Thailand's the same. Apparently, they have some horrendous sort of uh, fatality rates in on, on the roads. But then you take care. You have to be very careful, same as any other part of the world that you go. It's like that guy who went to the UAE recently was surprised that he got locked up uh, and locked up for life. And you go, well, it's not like Britain. You know, you go to these countries and they <laughs> yeah. behave differently. That's exactly right. And, and I think the other thing is... Um, you know, all of this, it's an industry which is training and courses. And as I said, it's just held in such reverence. The idea, of course, it's very expensive, very bureaucratic. bureaucratic. Um, and I think it makes workers less agile, less independent-minded. And I think maybe we need to go back to that idea of learning on the job. You know, everything's 
altogether, I think education is slightly overrated. I think too many people go to university. I mean, it's a disgrace that I went to university. Mike, it is. Quite frankly, I'm amazed think, that you qualified for it. Probably should give that money back. But the bottom line <laughs> is that you know, it's, very, it's very virtuous. And the big thing with the training is that, you know, you, you, you just learn not to think for yourself. And I think it's, uh, I mean, the NHS has got more important things to do, such as putting us back together again if we've been in an accident or getting us cured if we've got a disease. Yeah, and preferably not spending 125 million quid on a catering contract to make possibly the worst food you've ever tasted. I mean, that's the most amazing part. Well, it it is really. um, Just to kind of offer a, a, a different sort of perspective on it, if we are going to train citizens about uh, what to cook or not cook, I wouldn't mind if every citizen was trained to make uh, a correct cup of tea because... Uh, national well, now you're going to start moaning about some of the tea you get here at Talk Radio, aren't you? Which is inevitably... Well, that's obviously what I was coming to. Yeah. And there is a there, there should be a colour chart next to the Talk Radio kettle. Yes, um, I agree with that. Be, you know, but I mean, honestly, I, I you know, making toast. I mean, it, it is beyond comedy, and it's you know, you obviously need a, a slot on the show, which is you couldn't make it up, and this would be, <laughs> you know, it's a perfect example for today's show, and there'll be another one tomorrow. Oh, there will, and there will. So, my my other you know, worry about it, finally, Mark, is that it says that you should use either brown or white bread. Now, what, you know, surely that's discriminatory, isn't it? What about rye? What about pumpernickel? You know, what about some, uh, you know, sourdough? Yeah, yeah, you're going to spark a whole, a whole kind of me too thing around bread. Yeah, and uh, and by the way, let's not get onto the uh, the the gluten. Bread is not uh, binary. Sensitive people, the celiacs. Uh, it's fantastic, fantastic. Alan Carr joke about um, about celiacs and people with like gluten disorder, and he just said in in the good old days they just died. Now it's <laughs> a little bit harsh. Yeah, but it's very much uh, up my street, that one. Thank you very much indeed. Mark Dolan, uh, comedian and also very serious man, by the way. You can hear him on Julie Hartley Brewer's Breakfast Show from time to time. Uh, A very clever bloke, actually. Far too clever to be a comedian. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. The Independent Republican Mike Graham, 0344-499-1000 is the number, of course. Matthew Wright coming up at one o'clock uh, alongside Kevin O'Sullivan and a host of guests taking you through until four when James Whale uh, is at the helm for the drive show as well. Matt says, uh, how about Porky Scratching sponsoring his non-existent M6? M2 by Dover should be sponsored by all the foreign truck drivers who've destroyed it, says Tom. Well, not just all the foreign truck drivers, it'd be all the British truck drivers that go to Europe as well, uh, for heaven's sake. And what about the M20 that David Lammy uh, so sorry, the M26 that David Lammy uh, thinks goes to Dover. They should sponsor that with David Lammy, I would have thought, because he has no idea uh, where it even goes. Right now, though, we're going to talk to Grant Harold, former Royal Butler, because Tatler magazine, which is, of course, the posh people's magazine, uh, has published a new guide on how to be posh, or in uh, their words, upper class, because apparently the word posh uh, means that you are not upper class if you use it. Uh, Grant, a very good afternoon to you. Welcome. Good afternoon, sir. What, what a lot of nonsense. It really is rubbish, isn't it? See, oh. I've always said you can move from working class to middle class. You can uh. even go the other way from middle class to working class, but you cannot mm. become upper class. There's no well, way. Do you know, about a year ago we had this thing about all the different class systems yes. and now there's this class and that class and this class and why complicate things? It's like this list. I mean, I've been looking at it mm. and it's, I just don't get it. One of the things that says to be upper class, it's got the north. 
Yes. So what does that mean? Does that mean we now we have shares in Chalet well, I guess, in I, Greenland? I, I guess you go to the north of England as opposed to oh, not going. Okay. It also oh, says having a job, which rules out without wishing to be a defender. Well, most of the royal family, isn't it? Well, well, this is the, I did think this, <laughs> when they said about um, the, the having a job. Well, technically, the the, the job they always do is, is a job. But yes. as you said, you know, having a job, I. I, I don't get that. And I mean, if you're talking about the aristocracy, a lot of them, the wackers, the estates that they run, and the, the, they've got households of staff of, yes. of hundreds. So I don't really, I, I don't get it. And then I was reading down, we've got Yorkshire tea. Well, you know, I like tea, so yeah. I haven't got a problem with that. But then again, I, in Yorkshire tea, it's normally an Assam or um, an Earl Grey. I would have thought English breakfast would have made the cut as well. That's fine for breakfast. Mm. Uh, and Yorkshire tea, you could have Yorkshire tea in the morning as well. So there's nothing wrong with Yorkshire tea. Um, it's just, it's. I just know what these kind of homes have got. And, yeah. and, and fried eggs? Yes. What earth has fried eggs got to do with it? I know. What about uh, the likes of champagne? It says you have to ditch mm. most white wine and just have champagne. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to be very good well, for you for a start. This, this is going to be, well, exactly. I mean, I know that the, the aristocracy, not just the aristocracy, a lot of people, like, I like champagne. Everybody can have, a lot of people like champagne. Mm. But white wines, I mean, if you go to someone's home, you can't say, oh, you've got white wine. That means you're not upper class. Right. It's crazy. It really is. Crazy. Also, I would have thought that the whole point of the upper class is that it doesn't really change very much. I mean, if you go to an old no. sort of stately home, they tend to have the same things. There's a couple of barbers hanging up. There's some, uh, you know, some rather trendy looking uh, and expensive Wellington boots. There's a Labrador eventually mm. somewhere. There's a few mm -hmm. pheasant hanging about. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a big a big sort of farmhouse wooden table in the kitchen. There's an exactly. arger. Exactly. You know. It's, it's, there is a stereotype, a cost of a stereotype, but it's, it's what we've all seen through documentaries, television films. It's what I've witnessed myself. Yes. And it, it just seems, and, and just, I've got to add, under the non-upper class, mm. this makes me laugh, is we've got things like, well, British Airways, I, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. Um, Windsor. <laughs> Windsor well, is not quite. an upper class. Yeah, I mean, is that because of Elton John or something? Well, <laughs> no, I'm not too sure. I'm a bit confused at that, but let's not tell the royal family. Let's keep that one quiet. You know, iPads, and dare I say, they've even got Tinder down here. So mm. I don't quite know how they've come up with this. And They've also they, got the Soho Farmhouse, which is apparently where Meghan Markle had her hen do. Well, I suspect there's people at Tatler who don't think Meghan Markle is upper class. Well, possibly. Maybe maybe that's what what's, where it all came from. Mm. And, and the other thing that kind of annoyed me is they're saying that the word posh is no longer right. upper class well the, the word posh it's, it's a word that we've always used but they probably don't even know what it actually means right. the word posh is it which, person of something or other no it's it's put out stabbed home it's from the days oh of the yes i think you told me that yeah that's right so, so that's what it's all about mm. so i don't really understand how they've come up with this it's it's, it's obviously a, a little bit of a pr maybe that maybe tatler's circulation is fading because people possibly. don't actually care about classes as the, much the, as they the posh used to people are not reading maybe tatler anymore maybe that's the problem yeah. I mean, as far as I know, the Tatler magazine was was a sort of finishing school for people who wanted to end up with jobs in the Daily Mail features mm. department. Well, I I, don't, I must confess, I, I haven't actually read it. And, and I remember last year they, there was a, another piece of etiquette advice where they said that when you meet a duchess, mm. you call her duchess. And I remember kind of putting on social media, we're not addressing a dog. <laughs> uh, a duchess, the correct term is your grace. Yes. Um, so maybe they need somebody like me kind of helping them when they release these kind of, these mm. kind of lists and things. It's, yeah. it's, it's just very frustrating because when you read something like that, it doesn't make sense. I, I was at a party once where a rather junior member of the royal family asked mm. somebody to address them as your royal highness really and he was very much given short shrift and told really? by the person that i was with uh, is that a dog 
Uh, yes, and it's not corgis. I'll quickly add. It sounds like a corgi. <laughs> it's not the corgis. It's a. I've got miniature dachshunds, so I, I'm okay. not quite. I'm not quite got the corgis. Okay. Even though the Queen's got mix of, of dachshunds <laughs> and corgis, but it's not the corgis. Now you must tell me, uh, Grant, because I'm sure you could uh, tell me whether you've entered a home of somebody that you've had to go to uh, for some kind of job that you were doing, and you've discovered immediately. Uh, that they've got stuff which would denote them as not upper class. Well, I mean, you go to you'll go to sometimes to a home and you'll see things, and you do you know it's it's what you said earlier on. You go into certain homes and you see different things around, and you you think these people have uh, old money. Let's say old, yes, money. old money, and you yeah. go to other homes and you'll see the new money, and it's kind of things that you'll go into an older home and you'll see. Let's, for example, you might say Gainsborough or something on right. the wall. You go into new money, you're going to have a money. Not that old money doesn't appreciate that kind of art. Yeah. It's, just, it's this telltale sense, the way they dress. There are, the way, and the way the they way speak. I mean, I went down to Devon uh, this summer right, for a, for a week's holiday with the family, and we rented a cottage in the grounds of mm. uh, what can only be described as a sort of miniature castle, which mm. was owned by Lord and Lady Muck from the local, um, you know, whatever it Love was it. in Devon. And they were lovely people. We, we met them. It turned out this was their smaller home, and the second home was actually something that looked a bit more like the house in Downton Abbey, yeah. uh, somewhere down, you know, nearer the coast. And they would go there every day to sort of, because they'd now, they had a tea room there that they had to run, and they actually worked quite hard. But they were, mm. ter- I mean, they were terribly sort of stereotypically what I would call upper class, upper crust, old money posh. Old money, and yeah. They were they were lovely. And that's the secret, the old money. And I'm lucky enough not only to work in the industry, but to have many friends, if you like, that old money. And they are absolute ladies and gentlemen. They're, they're wonderful to be around. They've got great humour. They're extremely kind. You know, this thing about, you know, how they are with money. They're extremely kind. Um, with new money, I'm not saying they're not kind and they're not good with money. It's just it's just very different. And I've also noticed from a from a staff point of view, the loyalty around old money and new money is very different. Mm. It's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you see people that will go and work for, let's say they're all family or similar, and be with them for years. You get the new money, and people tend to only stay for a year or two. And they've said to me it's because they don't know how to behave like traditional. Mm old money yeah, right. uh, which is it's is interesting it's an interesting subject and i mean do you think that there is a move away from i mean there's always for me there's always going to be the sort of the upper crust and the the posh where you could never move into you mm. know because that's never it's not really open for for change is it it's it's not but then again it it, it has changed and the one thing that I, I will agree that you know i've read in different people have commented on changing times it has changed and it has to adapt and of course the biggest example was the royal wedding this year of of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, which is, you know, 20 years ago, uh, you would never have, have dreamt a wedding like that, right. where they have to change. And so people do marry into these kind of families uh, from any background. You don't have to be, you don't have to have gone to private school. You don't have to have um, got all the kind of money to marry into these families. It's, it's very different. But the people that do marry into them, obviously they want to then be like them and kind of act and behave to an extent. And so they're trying to keep up those traditions, but they are bringing their own uniqueness to it, which I think is great. That's what I like about this this wedding between Harry and Meghan. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's really important, dare I say, to keep the, the, fam, the, the royal family modernised. I think it's really important. What, and, do you, what do you make of all these rumours of a rift between her oh, and Kate Middleton? I, I never, never believe any of that. Really? Kind of thing. Oh, no. I mean, even when I worked for them, you heard all these... Loyal threads. to the end. Oh, and you'd read these kind of things, and you think, where do they get it from? I mean, it's, it's, as I said, I've been in there I've, when I worked for them. You used to pick up headlines, yeah. and you'd read the most extraordinary things, and you think, where do they get well, it Well, I from? used to think that until 
until they got it right on Princess Diana. And Andrew Morton well, and I actually know each other quite well. And I used to say to him, how the hell do you know all this? And he wouldn't ever tell me. Uh, but it turns out that he was getting it from her. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you know, well, you can't argue with that, can you? You really can't. You absolutely <laughs> straight can't. From, straight from the source. Watch this space is what I can say, Grant. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. Grant Harold, uh, former royal butler. Of course, he's going to be loyal to the royal family because that's his job. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.